This is episode number 59, The Search for Belonging, with Angel Richardson. Welcome, my name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your false potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a few brief announcements. The first one being is I'd like to give a shout out to the review of the week by Kahila. She said, the Overcoming Odds podcast is full of heart and soul. Oleg is dedicated to bringing the best in every person, whether it's through the interview or to his listeners. If you are on a path to self-discovery or growth, this is exactly where you need to be, within a community that will nurture your needs to growth and self-love. Thank you, Kakila, for the kind words. And if you haven't done so already, and if you find value within the information that we're providing you, please consider submitting a review so that more people can hear the message that we're putting on for this community. The second announcement I'd like to make is an invitation to all of our active listeners, as well as active supporters of Overcoming Odds, to consider joining us at Never Say Kent in Philadelphia on April 27th. This is an event where you'll hear stories from seven different speakers, myself included, through which you'll get a chance to further explore or start the journey of creating your own narrative that you want to live your life by. For more information, please go to overcomingodds.today forward slash never say Kent. Now let's get back to our guest. Angel Richardson, as you'll hear later in the podcast, is a family therapist and visiting professor at Thomas Jefferson University. She is someone that I have had the pleasure of meeting in person and hearing her story, so I wanted to share that experience with the rest of you. Without further ado, please welcome Angel Richardson. Welcome back to another episode of the Overcoming Odds podcast. Today's guest is someone who I was fortunate enough to meet a couple months ago when we were hosting an event in Philadelphia. And before I say anything else, I wanted to thank her for the opportunity to also have me as a speaker at one of her events. Her name is Angel Richardson. She's a family therapist and visiting professor at Thomas Jefferson University. She specializes in working with families and adolescents, particularly those affected by trauma and loss, and families impacted by adoption and foster care. Also, fun fact, she has appeared on the Today Show, which not many of us get a chance to do. So if you haven't had a chance to do so, please go check out the interview. It is Experts Share How to Discipline Kids and Teens Effectively at www extended-hearts.com. Angel, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Absolutely. 
What I wanted to do for our particular episode and the theme of today's episode is belonging and why it's important to people. But before we get into that, is there anything that I missed about your background and the type of projects that you might be working on right now that people should know about? I think the one thing that's really important is that I, too, am an adoptee um, and that I also was a kinship care parent to my great nieces. So I think Mm. that's part of the reason that this work is so important to me is that I'm not only a therapist, but I lived the experiences as well. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing that part. The way that I would like to start off this episode is by asking you a question, and that is, you know, belonging is such a huge aspect for I would say most of us as human beings, and it's important to find, to define why it is important to us. So my question to you is, why is belonging important to you? So belonging is really important to me because I think especially as um, a human being, but especially as an adoptee, you know, searching from a very long time of where is that space that you fit? Mm-hmm. You know, where do you fit in? Where do people look like me? Where do people have similar experiences as I do? So I think all those things are things that we search for or that I've searched for from a very long, you know, from a very young age and for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it really is that space of how do I fit um how do I also make others feel comfortable? Because mm-hmm. if I feel this way, maybe somebody else is feeling this way. So I think it's that lifelong journey. Um, and so it's really important because it's how do I fit in the world? How do I fit in my family? And so if I can figure that out, then maybe all the other pieces will fall into place. Mm-hmm. You bring up a really good point, And that is something that I've experienced myself as well. But just through the conversations that we've had with other people who have been adopted in foster care, it seems to be a common theme. And that is, you know, when you've gone through so much within your life, that is different forms of abandonment, shame and guilt, neglect. Based on your experience, how do you develop or redevelop that sense of belonging? And what kind of impact do you think that has on your identity moving forward? I think you really develop it by finding those people that you can connect with, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that is how you develop your identity is really being able to see like who fits with me and who doesn't. And I don't think it's an overnight process. I think (laughs) sometimes we wish it would. Right. But I think it is a lifelong process, right? Because I think unfortunately, especially when we're younger, we try to fit in, right? Like peer pressure is one of those things where it's like, okay, well, if I do this thing, maybe they'll like me or maybe I'll fit in with them. And I think often as young people and adolescents and sometimes even in young adulthood, we become people pleasers, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's, okay, if I do this thing, they'll like me and then I'll fit in. Um, And I think it takes a very long time for us to realize that, that doesn't work. People will, you know, unfortunately sometimes use you or people will figure out that you're the one they can go to when they need something and maybe not check in on you when they don't. And so it becomes this process of figuring out, okay, well, who am I? What is my identity? What do I like? And do I really need all these people that may not have my best interest at heart? 
in order to fit in or belong? And can I really find other people who are really authentic that may have had the same experience and don't want to just have me around to meet their needs, Mm -hmm. but actually have had these same experiences and are like, wait, I like you for you. You like me for me? Oh, that's great. I haven't really had this experience before. Could you tell us a little bit about how you can break away from that um, image that is posed within today's society? Because I'm sure, as you might have experienced as well, I had a phase like that in high school where I think I had to... You have to stick to certain groups because that's who you know and that's what you know. But at the core of it, at the core and at the heart, you know those are not the right influencers on you. And for me, I think it was more so just over time finding the courage to be able to say no and go into the unknown and then find those groups. But is there anything that you found along your way, along the research and the journey, that would help other people who are stuck in in environments like that? I think sometimes, unfortunately, it is trial and error, right? I mm-hmm. think sometimes, um, I think there's a poem, I think it's by Ananis Nin, that says, you know, sometimes the pain becomes too hard to stay the same that you have to mm-hmm. break out. I'm paraphrasing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is, you know, sometimes that pain becomes too hard to stay the same that you have to break out and become different. Um My best friend and I have been best friends for, it'll be 20 four years, I want to say. But since we were 21, I'm telling my age. (laughs) But since we were 21, we've been best friends, right? And part of that struggle has really been that she looks out for my best interest, I look out for hers. And she's not adopted, but we've had a lot of the same experiences of our parents getting divorced when we were young, of being raised as only children and those kinds of things. And so we've had a lot of experiences of having to try to figure out like, who am I and Mm -hmm. what do I do? And what do I do when, you know, people leave and those kinds of things. And so that part of being able to hear somebody who actually does have your best interest saying like, I don't think that this other person has your best interest at heart. And I don't think what you're doing is necessarily a good idea, which sometimes goes against the grain of the other people Mm -hmm. who actually are trying to use you. And so when there's only one voice that's actually in your best interest and there's 10 voices that are not like being able to weigh out for yourself, you know, who am I going to listen to and figuring out what is my internal voice saying? And so sometimes those struggles are really difficult. And sometimes it's really hard to say, this isn't working for me. You know, these people aren't helping me. I'm not getting what I need. Every time something comes up, I'm by myself. Mm -hmm. Or every time something comes up, there's only this one person I can call on. And so I think sometimes that's a lot of what has to happen is when the dust settles, who's here? Mm -hmm. It's just me or it's just me and this one person. And so I think that's a lot of that process that has to come up for a lot of us is really doing some self-reflection or really doing some looking around, around by myself again, you know, and maybe I don't want to be the fall guy or maybe I don't want to be the one that's always helping somebody and nobody's helping me. Mm -hmm. I think what's interesting to note within what you just said also is that the person who you rely on for advice and feedback and, and everything along those lines, they also have to be able to know their role. Absolutely. So 
coming into your life and giving you the advice. I, I've noticed this over time is that a lot of the friends and people you have within your network, it's they mature just like you yeah. do. And so the advice that they give you is no longer here's what to do, but have you thought yeah. about it this way? Yes. And it, I think in that particular case, it's important to know that that will also change over time. So you can't so, expect the same type of feedback that you received 10 years ago. True. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. And I think that's, you know, one of those things that we have to be aware of as well mm -hmm. is, you know, like I said, my best friend and I have been best friends for, you know, over 20 years. And again, what we talked about at 21 is not what we talk about at 40. Mm. And, you know, relationships change and, you know, we fight like sisters because we are <laughs> sisters. Right? And being able to say life isn't always easy, but I'll always be there for you. And mm. recognize how relationships change because there's some people who you can't be honest with. And so there's some people when you're honest with them, they disappear. And then there's other people when you're honest with them. Yes, we might disagree. We may not like what we've said, but we know we'll always come back because I know you had my best interest at heart. And so, you know, telling you maybe it's not cool to drink at this party and telling you, you know what, maybe this career is not what's meant for you are two totally different things. So you're right. Relationships evolve and change. And how we talk about things in life absolutely change as well. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit more about the type of qualities that you are currently seeking within people. I think the main thing is honesty and authenticity, or main things I should say. Um, I need to be, it's a, very much, I need to be in a space where I can be me, right? Like I just, I can't pretend to be somebody that I'm not. And I don't want to be around people who pretend to be somebody that they're not. Um, and that's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Like, mm -hmm. I've done a lot of work on myself over the years. You know, I'm a therapist, and I think everybody should go to therapy, including therapists. Um, mm -hmm. Because I think all of us have stuff that we need to work on. Some of us have unresolved stuff, and some of us have things we know are just like, hey. Um, but I've done a lot of work on myself. And so I think it's important that we're all evolving and working, but that we're able to say, hey, you know, this is who I am. And we're not going to like everybody. We're not going to um, like everybody's characteristics. But can we be honest about who we are? Um, also, people that have similar interests and not that we have to, you know, like all the same things. But can we do things we enjoy together? Um, you know, I like to travel with some of my friends. I like to go places with some of my friends. We don't, we're not all in the same careers, but can we talk about, you know, things that are similar or different in a healthy way? We have varying opinions about things. We do not have to agree on religion. We don't have to agree on politics. We don't have to agree on any of those things, but can we have healthy conversations around those things without mm -hmm. each other down? So I think it's extremely important that we can have diverse ideas and talk about those in a healthy way. So we're talking about relationships and the type of qualities that we seek out within people. Yeah. You know, I think what's important within that is I was asked this question on our, I think it was the most recent interview that I had with a person. And she was saying, how do you, um, you know, what are the things that you look within uh, your life right now and more so how do you seek out kindness 
Yeah. And the way that I answered that was I remember by saying, um, you know, kindness along with so many other factors is something that I don't think it comes in once. I think yeah. if you're constantly looking for it, then that's the things that you're going to get. So every interaction that you have with a person, whether that's at a grocery store or, or whichever other place, if you're looking for it, you're going to get the same thing. So back to your example of honesty and authenticity, I think if that's who you are at the core in the life that you're living, you're going to get that through yeah. other people. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so absolutely. many different forms of it as well. You know, when I speak with other people and there's no one way to define authenticity. Yeah. Which is, I think, the cool part because you get exposed to so many tiers and levels of it. Yeah. And through it, you get to almost rewrite your own definition of right. what that means to you. Yeah. Are there people within your life that you are grateful for, for helping you become the person that you are today? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's interesting. I was actually on Twitter yesterday. Um, interacting with my mentor. So my mentor has been in my life since I was 18. She was my college advisor mm -hmm. uh, and never left my life, which is wonderful. Um, but I had a serious tragedy when I was in undergrad. My um, Somebody who had been in my life previously died in a murder-suicide. Mm. And I went to her class. Um, it happened on a Friday, and I went to her class on Monday. Um, and she literally looked at me and was like, what's wrong? Because she could tell I was still in shock. And when I told her, she was like, so why are you here? Um, meaning like, why am I in class? And I was like, I had, I didn't know where else to go. Um, but it was just her presence and the way she cared for her students that I knew that her class was the safe place to go. Mm. And through my life, she has continuously, you know, poured into me, lifted me up. Um, and my undergraduate degree is in journalism and professional writing. And now I'm a therapist. right? Um, but years later, when I went back to that campus to get my first teaching job, she walked over to the counseling department and put in a good word for me. And that's literally how much she has stayed in my life and poured into me and you know, she walks around and she'll be like, you know, this is Dr. Richardson, my first student. I'm so proud of her. Um, she tells people I'm her other daughter. When I need advice, I can still call her. Um, her daughter sings and we go and hear her daughter sing. Um, she constantly says things to me about what she believes I can still do in my future. Mm -hmm. And so from the time I was 18 till now at 45, she constantly builds me up, pours into me, tells me what I can do. And the other piece of it is now she trusts me as a professional. So when there are people in her life that are having mental health challenges, she'll call me and say, what do you think I should do? Mm -hmm. So it's not just that she sees me as this person who, you know, she was able to help and mentor. She also respects who I am as a professional. So it's this wonderful piece of knowing there's somebody who believed in you, but who honestly still believes in you. So I, I couldn't be more grateful for That's a professor awesome. because she's amazing. Mm -hmm. Final thought for today's episode, and that is when the odds are completely against you, what are some core fundamental principles that you always refer to? 
So I think one of the main things I do is I absolutely pray. Um, I'm very spiritual. And so I absolutely pray um, because I do believe that I will receive guidance from God. Um, And the other thing is I do believe everything I need is within me. Mm. Um, And so I believe God uses people. Um, but I believe there's something in me. And if I can't find it, that God will send somebody, um, to help me see where it is. Um, and I think those are the fundamental things that it's there. Mm-hmm. I have to tap into it or somebody's going to come to help me figure out how to tap into it. So with that said, the belief is that there's no problem that you cannot solve within this lifetime. Is that true? Either- I, I think most things are solvable if we okay. if we sit and we're quiet and we listen. I I do think maybe not on our own, but with some assistance, I think most things can be solved. Mm-hmm. What are some of the ways that people can instead stay in touch with you, and what are some of the projects that you have coming up that people can follow along the way? So I am on Twitter. Um, I and so my. I have a personal Twitter and I have my professional Twitter. So my, um, my Facebook or my, my Facebook, my company is extended hearts family therapy. So I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Um, extended hearts, um, is the name of all of those. I can't remember the handles. Right off the <laughs> extended hearts, you'll find it. Um, and then Angel Richardson, I'm one each of those ways. Um, I am, of course, going to be speaking at Overcoming Odds on April 27th. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to be presenting at the National Alliance for Grieving Children in Salt Lake City in June. Um, and I will also be speaking at um, the Philadelphia Trauma Conference in July. So, yeah. Awesome. All those things. Thank well, thank you so much for being such a wonderful guest on our show. And... Yeah. For those who haven't had a chance to do so, please check out a lot of Angel's work on extended-hearts.com where you'll also be able to get the interview along with many other resources that are intended for those who have gone through the topics that we spoke of today. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. If you haven't done so already, please consider leaving a review so our message could reach more people like you. Also, consider subscribing to our weekly newsletter so you can receive all of the latest podcast episodes, updates regarding our upcoming events, and opportunities to work with Overcoming Odds. Once again, thank you for listening, and we'll look forward to having you next week.